And I think part of this is that we need to see that we're part of something much, much bigger than ourselves. Yeah. It's not just, it's not just me. I'm not the one who's going to save the world. Um, I don't need to be the one that has the big platform that gets to everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, because ultimately, you know, I'm not the main character. Welcome to the Isle of Misfits. I am your humble host and chief misfit, Nancy Carmichael, and I'm so very glad that you are here today. And speaking of here, here on the Isle, we are a bunch of dreamers, let's face it. And when it comes to dreams, especially in my home country of the good old USA, it's all about dreaming big. You know how it is. Go big or go home. That's why I'm so excited to talk to today's guest. His name is Seth Lewis, and he is a deep thinker and a talented writer. And therefore, he wrote a book that turns this whole dream big thing on its ear. But wait, wait, it's called dream small and that's all i'm going to say about it right now because i'm gonna let him fill in all the rest but first things first let's give him a warm misfit welcome so glad to have you here on the aisle with us today seth welcome thank you so much it's great to be here glad to be visiting the island Oh yeah, we we just extend all of our our warmest misfit greetings to you today, and I, I think I I'm already excited about this conversation before we've had it because I've been reading your book and I'm just jiving with it, my friend. Well, thank you very much. Okay, so one thing I did not mention is the fact that you currently live in Ireland, so you're not in the good old USA. So let's talk about that. So uh, yeah. Are you from Ireland? I don't detect a brogue, um, but that was a terrible rendition. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Tell us what's what's up with you being in Ireland. Yes. So uh, we moved to Ireland 13 years ago. I actually grew up in Alabama mm-hmm. and my wife is from Virginia. So we came to Ireland 13 years ago to work with a group of churches on the South Coast and uh, also helping with a, a little Bible college and some youth camps and various things. So it's variety of things that we do but um we really enjoy it it's a great island to live on all righty so all right now i gotta i gotta walk something back because i said i didn't detect a brogue but the more i'm listening to you i'm hearing it it's there well 13 years it does it does tend to creep in a little bit but i this is not a a proper irish accent if you talk to my neighbors you, you know it would be different Oh, right. Well, and you know, since you're from the U.S., you know that there's a hundred different dialects and accents, depending on where you, even from my state of New York, right? So, yeah, I tell people that I'm from New York and they automatically think New York, you know, like, uh, yeah, yeah, forget about it. But I'm actually from the other side of the state where we talk like this. So, yeah. 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 That's how it goes. That is that is how it goes. So you have the Americanized Irish brogue, and I'm sure I'm sure they find you delightful. Uh, I don't know. You'd have to ask them. Well, okay. So in lieu of asking them, here's what we're gonna do. So I already gave you heads up. One of our time honored traditions here on the aisle. Before we get into the meat of this wonderful book, because we're gonna go there, I wanna let's let's camp out in Ireland for just a few minutes, shall we? Because, yeah, I want to play a stupid game, Ireland edition. 
Okay, bring it okay. on. All right, we're bringing it on. Okay, so um, all right, so first question. So we're, I'm going to do this is a hodgepodge. Normally I do one thing, or but today you're getting everything. So first question: stupid stuff Americans should avoid doing in Ireland. Go. <laughs> Talking too loud. Talking too loud? What do you yeah. mean? What are you saying? <laughs> uh, it just really stands out really really quick. Um, it's it just marks you out as a as the as a tourist just right away, right away. and um that yeah it's just and sneakers yeah 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 or i suppose another one is is trying to pronounce the irish place names without actually knowing how it's better to ask uh okay when in doubt don't yes yeah yeah, so yeah give me an example like what is what is one of the, I've never been, but I, my people are from there. My mother was full-blooded Irish. Um, okay. So one day, well, we, I'll go, so I need to know. We used to live in a town, um, it was spelled Y-O-U-G-H-A-L. Uh, and Wait, should I guess? No, I'm not going to do it. No, no, that would be, see, that's be breaking the, the rule. You're not supposed to guess. That's, <laughs> right, that's breaking okay. the rule. Because actually how you pronounce it is y'all. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, so for double. someone from Alabama, that was very easy. Okay. All right. But not easy to figure out from looking at it. Oh, exactly. Yeah. So, all right. Duly noted. I will. Yeah. And by the time I ever go, I'll forget that too. So I'm just going to shut my mouth is really what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> my big American mouth. Okay. Um, anything else? Anything else we need to know as tourists to not be offensive to the dear people of Ireland? Um, oh, I mean, people in Ireland are pretty very nice to guests and um as long as you're willing to laugh and maybe laugh at yourself as well you'll be fine oh great i'll fit right in yes yeah, so they're very nice to guess so is it so all right you said you and your wife are both from the south right so one of you mm -hmm. is from the deeper south so is it kind of like i know this expression right bless your heart do they have an irish version of bless your heart and we all know what that really means Right, right. right, right. Um, I, there's not a one-for-one one kind of phrase like that, but uh, not that I'm thinking of at the moment. But um, okay. yeah, there's plenty of there's plenty of um, you know, like people wouldn't necessarily tell you what's what's true. They might they might just tell you what you want to hear, kind of way. Uh -huh. um, very so, polite. I suppose like that, Canada, that happens, yes. That happens in the South as well. So, mm -hmm. um, but it's certainly well developed here. So, just because somebody tells you what you wanted to hear doesn't mean it's necessarily true. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm tracking. But it's part of, you know, being nice, mm -hmm. but it's maybe not actually the best way. Got it. Okay. I got it. I'm writing, I'm making mental notes of all of these things. <laughs> Okay, so we're going to move on. Our next section is Would You Rather, all right? And Okay. All right, and I'm just going to write up front, like, you know, I, I pulled this off the interwebs. So if it sounds stereotypical, we're going to blame them and not me, although I did choose it. So, all right, would you rather eat spuds for every meal or never eat a potato-based product ever again? Well, I mean, that's easy because we almost do eat spuds for every meal. So, um that that's just super easy okay so and sometimes we eat more than one kind in the same meal 
Really? Well, there must, so, yeah, there must be, you know. Because there's lots of different ways. hundred ways. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes you have a couple of different kinds in the same meal. Yeah, yeah, that's easy. Okay. Well, Couldn't I thought so, but I thought, stuff. yeah, I thought, all right, maybe that's just, you know, that's too stereotypical. But, you know, being Irish, I feel like and I, I have the, you know. I can go there yeah. and not sound like too, you You've know, got to have against the myself. So, all right, all right. So, and you, you like potatoes? I'm, I'm guessing absolutely. Or you, I guess that's not a choice either, right? So, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's true. Yeah, you like you like them, or you learn to like them. Okay, you're doing excellent so far. So, all right, now we're moving on to our final phase. All right, again, off of hillwalktours.com. These are ten fun facts about Ireland. We're not going to do all ten, but um. I'm just going to give you a statement and you're going to tell me true or false. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. Halloween originated in Ireland. Is that true or false? That's true. Yeah. But it was originally called Samhain. It was a pagan, um, a pagan holiday that was kind of later Christianized. So you could have written this, the copy for this internet site, because that's exactly what they said. Um, yes, Amline. So, yeah, who knew? I didn't know. I knew it came somewhere from around that region, but I did not. Yeah, and it's, it's. I mean, still, the celebration would be pretty dark. Um, it's, yeah, but anyway. Right, okay. Here we go. All right. All right, how about, all right, how about this one? True or false, Ireland's national symbol is a fiddle, right? Because Irish music, fiddle. No, that's <laughs> false. Although it is an instrument, it's a harp. It's a harp, of and course are, you know. We are the only country, as far as I know, we're the only country with a musical instrument as our national symbol. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. So it is a musical, it's a musical country, lyrical. Right? Oh, yeah, and yeah, it's very yeah, true. Yeah, I yes. mean, the, mm -hmm. the musical, the value on it, the talent that's here, I mean, it's just astounding. Yeah, very, very good. All right, see, fun facts. All right, I'm going to... One more, one more. All right, this one I did not know. I'm guessing you do because you've done so well so far. True or false, Dracula's writer was Irish. Oh, I think that's true, but I'm reaching for that one. Well, you know what? You you reached very well, my friend, because that is true. So I'm going to read. Although the setting of Dracula is Romanian, Transylvania, the writer of the story was an Irishman. His name is Bram Stoker. So there yeah, you go. there you He's go. Studied in Dublin. So, congratulations! You have aced well, our stupid game. Well, thank you very much. Yes, you're uh, welcome. Very put much. It, put it on my on my resume. Oh yeah, it's there. It's gonna yeah. It's like LinkedIn, right? So just right yeah, under your great. all your all your skills and references. It's gonna be right there. I will make sure. Yeah. Well, so wonderful. Well, thank you for playing. And um, now we know. So we're all about education, if nothing else, here on the aisle. <laughs> excellent. Excellent, excellent. Okay, so as I said, now it's time. Now I want to talk about this book. So um, I'm going to, I'm just going to tell you, so I was telling you before we hit record that this this book was actually a gift to me. So this was a wonderful surprise. And um, I'm, I was just so thrilled. Like I, I literally reached out to you being a nobody and you were gracious enough to to say, yeah, I'll take a chance on you misfits. So, so glad that you're here. So um, I'm going to jump right in and then we can back up and get into like the what made you write this book stuff. But um, I'm going to jump right into the middle of the book. All right. Okay. I'm going to actually read. I'm going to read a quote 
and let you maybe tell the story around it, okay? So the quote is from you. You went all the way back to your youth group days and looking at, you know, the popular people and wanting to be one of those popular people and then realizing about the people, you know, the people who are kind of on the edges. So here's the quote. If the people on the edges are so valuable to God, then I want to know them too. If these people are so important to him, then I want them to be important to me. That night in youth group, I went into the room looking for the most influential people to talk to, searching for ways to impress the gatekeepers of status and reaching for the next rung on the ladder up to social prominence. I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. I wanted to find the people who felt like I felt that night and see if I could lift their heads and enjoy their company. I wanted to see everyone in the room, both high and low, as people loved by their maker and worthy of my respect and attention. Talk about that. Yeah, so I was telling the story about a night at youth group where um, it was a particular night, but it actually was a kind of a a period of time, really, that um, I was trying very, very hard to break into the popular crowd. And I just couldn't do it. It just like, um, I suppose at, at a certain point, like the harder you try, the worse it is, you know, right, right. You just start getting more and more awkward. And, and then everybody like, yeah, it turns people off even more. So yeah, so that was kind of what, the reality. But then um, I started to notice that actually, I wasn't the only one in the room. Um, in that situation, actually, there were quite a few others along. Uh, I talk about how we were kind of all on the edges of the room, kind of watching what's going on, the action in the middle with the popular people. And um, and everybody wants to break in. And yet there's actually all these people, majority of the people um, who are not in. And I'm thinking, starting to see that these people are like me. These, but but from what I know about scripture, these people matter. These are people made in the image of God. These are people that he loves, um, that he actually came to save. And maybe the popular people in the room are ignoring them, but God isn't. And so uh, I had to rethink my whole strategy there of actually, what am I what am I doing in this room? Why am I here? Well, who am I mm. trying to impress? Mm. And what is my goal? Um, and that was a turning point for me. It took some time to work it out and to actually kind of get to the point where I was really um, thinking clearly about it. But um, that was kind of a, a real, uh, um, an important moment of changing that perspective. And um, what I've tried to do since, uh, certainly not perfectly, is to, when I go into rooms, uh, to actually see everybody that's there. And um, what what we're advised to do is to kind of, you know, when you go into a room, you network with the people that can help you. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's, that's just such common advice, you know, that we, um, we use whatever situation we can to network our way up. But up to what? That's mm -hmm. the question. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm because what's actually what's actually valuable um actually what i talk about in the book is that jesus himself who started with 
at the top of of everything power authority um you know every ladder we could climb we could never get as high as he is and yet what did he do he he used that to serve tiny ordinary people right. um and right. so that's the that's the change in perspective that leads to a change in just how we approach and how how we approach life how we view others right how we view our own life right right yeah. and i loved how you in a certain section you you put it this way you talked about that leap you know that from heaven you know from his glory in the mansion you know the indescribable presence of of god in in the heavens um and then coming down to you know even even the most glorious mansion that we have right is that was the biggest leap from there it's minuscule yeah. right yes. um but the same for people right you know who we think is important but as you said jesus started at the top right there was no higher he could have gone so right. um yeah so but he and, went all the way down to the bottom right right yeah and for yeah. us that that's that is monumental to think wow he went to the least of these he was in a manger he's shepherds and wow the lowly lowly lowliest and yet what your point made me think that leap from heaven like that was it was like infinitesimal because the starting point was humanity that in itself was the huge yeah. step down right everything yeah. from there was was almost like um uh, i'm jumping around a little bit but uh, at the beginning of your book you you kind of talked about graphs and how when you zoom in on a graph you see a big difference you know and, and whatever your look stats you're looking at so the more you zoom in the bigger the differences seem but you zoom out and it's almost negligible right yeah and that's yeah. kind of what it reminded me of you know yeah yeah let's uh the fact that jesus came to humanity is the big thing uh and then you know the 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 best the the greatest human um the most accomplished the ones who have achieved the biggest dreams uh compared to god compared to uh you know that's that's tiny that's very very small and yet what we see in scripture is that that's okay god loves small people yeah uh, and actually that's all of us it doesn't matter how big we make ourselves we're not going to be we're not going to be able to make ourselves like objectively impressive to god um on our own merits right. but, we but he loves us anyway oh, we try yeah 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 i mean that's that's the crazy part in and of itself that he loves us anyway you know um so so yeah so i wanted that to be our starting point because the, this idea of searching for you know who the popular people are who are the people are that can do something for you so popularity is that's the starting point because i think it begins with relationships but what we're really talking about is significance right yeah significance of who i know oh i'm connected baby you know but it's really more than that it's like what what have i done how big is my house what is what is what's the footprint i'm leaving you know and mm -hmm. and on one hand we can really you know we can see well the world yes we don't want to be worldly and chase after money or wealth or fame because as christians we know all that is fleeting but wait just a second let's not kid ourselves in the church we are playing our own games too right yeah we're chasing really after significance yeah yeah it's really kind of the same game but it's just yeah. with christian language right yes we uh we yeah we we make 
we just put holy terms on it, right? And right. <laughs> then it's all good. So yes. yeah, yeah, and we say that we're doing it for God and for his kingdom, but um, when it comes down to it, a lot of times those motives are maybe maybe somewhat genuine, but also mixed with our own glory, with our own significance, as you say, that we're trying to prove maybe to God, maybe to ourselves, maybe to others, that my life has value and it mm. and it means something and um and yeah it's significant and we think that if we can do something big enough something unique something that people notice and value then that's what makes us valuable yeah mm. uh, but it's just it's not uh according to the bible you know what makes us valuable is that god the god of the universe made us has given us responsibility, has actually given himself to save us and wants to make us his own children. Um, and, you know, children are not known for their accomplishments. They are loved because of who they are. Mm -hmm. And and that's how it works with us and God. We don't have to we don't have to jump through these hoops to to make ourselves valuable and significant. We are. We are. Yep. Human beings, right? Yeah, I'm sure you've heard the the phrase, you know, human beings as opposed to human doings, right? Um, yeah. And that's pithy. And it's true. And everything you said is so, it's true. It's true. We can't argue. It's what the scripture says. So, but let's let's camp here for a minute because I can tell you, yeah, I know that. And most Christians just say, yeah, I know that. Um, and then we go off and, you know, yeah, but look at what I'm doing for the Lord, you know? Yes, and, um, yeah. So what do, what do we do with that? Like, is yeah. it's like this this jump between our head and our heart or, or however, yeah. you know? We, well, we have to do something. Yeah. And that's right. why the book is, that's why the book is called Dream Small, because it's not mm -hmm. against, I'm not in any way against dreaming. I, um, Paul talks about um, having ambition, mm -hmm. but it's interesting that he says, make it your ambition to lead a quiet mm, life and work quiet. with your hands and you're kind of going wait a minute ambition wait a minute quiet life you know those things don't seem right. to go together at all yeah where's your mega church uh, paul yeah right yeah. but the reality is that in scripture yes we're absolutely to to be ambitious but we're to be ambitious about things that actually matter for eternity and god's kingdom is upside down to the way the world values things so um those those big impressive um you know the the power of the wealth the the popularity the even the big ministry all of that stuff uh it actually i mean you were saying before we we kind of recognize this but it doesn't last uh and actually the things that that really matter for eternity is loving God and loving people. Uh, that's why Jesus said um, that there's going to be a lot of people who have done really big things ministry-wise for him on Judgment Day, and yet the judgment will be, I never knew you. Um, because the big things they did are not the point. It's did they actually know God? Did they actually love him? Um, and then he also says that whatever you did for the least of these, you've done it unto me. So what he's looking for, on, he gave us this view of Judgment Day. What he's looking for is not, not 
how big and impressive were your actions? The significance is actually, well, he said, um, whoever gives a cup of cold water to one of the least of these one of these disciples um, will not lose their reward. So he's noticing like a cup of cold water. I mean, that's that's pretty small. That's pretty easy to overlook. Right. But God doesn't overlook it. Right. He sees that, he notices that, and he says that matters to the point of he's going to reward that. So obviously our our measuring system has gone off somewhere at, that we think that what really matters is this, how big and impressive we can make ourselves. Uh, and God is saying, actually, what really matters is how well you love God and how well you reflect that love to others. And how does God's love how did he love us? He loved us in our weakness, um, in our need. And one of the best ways to reflect that love around us is to go for, is to, is to love the people who can't do anything for us in return. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. So, okay, let's, let's camp there for a second, because you just said, um, you know, how well do we love God? And out of that is how well we love others. So let's back up even before that, because now I'm going to, I'm going to share a little snippet of my own story of why this, why this message that you're, that you're writing and speaking about so resonates with me. So for me, this begins with how well do I receive God's love, right? Because I couldn't do anything to earn it. I couldn't do, you know, so I can, I can't even love God except that he loved me first. Right. And, and I think this is a sticking point with many Christians, myself included. And I talk a good talk and I'll say, yeah, I get it. I haven't really always gotten it. And so uh, several years ago, uh, right, I said, I live in Western New York now. My family moved, uh, not as far as you did. We moved to a different state and we were living in uh, Pittsburgh. And during that time, my life became, uh, in many ways, it kind of it kind of grinded ground. What's the right word? Um, but it ground to a halt in many ways. So whatever influence I thought I had, I was on a church staff. I, you know, I, I did things. People knew me. You know, like Ron Burgundy. I wasn't. I wasn't that famous as Ron yeah. Burgundy. But in my little circle, people knew who I was, and I felt I had some influence. I felt I had purpose and ministry. So we go to this place where nobody knows me, and. Yeah. Nobody really cared what I had to offer. So in many ways, I felt I lost that influence. And it was there were a lot of other losses in that season of my life. And it was like, oh, you know, I'm just griping and complaining. And um, But at the same time, it was so clear. God was like, will you just hang out with me for a while? Will you just, just, just slow down and, and just, just, just hang out with me, right? And yeah. like, okay, I'll do that. And it was, and it actually, it was, I'm not going to lie, there was some pain involved. But it was also very beautiful because I learned to get really brutally honest before God um, during that time, um, but then also allow him to deal with things, right? Because you can't be dealt with if you're not being honest. But I'll tell you, I'll, I'll cut to the chase on this and back to you. Um, but during that time, I got a very clear memo from Jesus over and over and over again. And it was this, get small, get small. Yeah, and at, at first I thought, oh, what do you mean? You know, like I, I I know how to like you know guess what the plot at the end of the movie is. So I, I I typically know where things are going, but I really struggle with that because everything, as you said, um, in the culture that that we're all in, right? I'm not going to blame one church. I think it's just you know 
uh, I'll ask you this in a second if it's whether it's just America or the whole church, but um, it's all about, hey, dream big and larger stakes of your tent and bigger is better and blah, 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 blah. And everything about my life was was counter to that. Um, but it was like, no, I want you to go to this person. I want you to go to that person. I want you to spend time here. And And it was literally one relationship at a time for four years and then yeah. and then beyond when we moved back so um so that's why this so resonates with me yeah yeah that's a great that's great that the lord taught you that that way and i think that um no matter how whether you stay small or whether the stakes go out um right. is actually not really the point uh, right. the point is that well the point is that we're faithful to god the point is that we love god and love others right. but how do we do that actually the, the way to really do that is 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 on a small scale we're small right. people we don't have the ability to um to love very many people the way they need to be loved do you know right um, right and it can be overwhelming close, right yeah that close yeah. community that close leaning into actually um giving and receiving god's grace and forgiveness and all the rest you know this this happens on a small scale or it doesn't happen at all yeah and so but that's the that's the really most important stuff in god's commands for his people is to live out the gospel with each other uh, and the primary ways we do that actually are impossible to do on a large scale so there's nothing wrong with going big but we have to recognize that actually the big is only really valuable if it's supporting the small yes oh say that again i want to hear that again yeah well that's it the big the bigger we go the less the the, the shallower it is mm -hmm. our connections with others become shallower um we can only be be deep on a small scale Mm. Uh, and but that's where the real action is mm -hmm. yeah so yeah so the big has to support the small or else it's not really supporting what's most important right. and if we try to flip that around and say all these small things need to support the big thing which is often what happens that the big thing is where the action is and we expect all the small people to kind of you know lean into that but actually it should be the other way around as christians there's a place there's definitely a place for people with big platforms and whatever it is um but those those big things are best when they are actually supporting the real ministry that's always going to have to happen on a small scale well, yeah, and and we can go back to what you began this conversation talking about. This was this was Jesus, right? This yeah. is Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God as something to be grasped, but made himself, right? He lowered himself, yeah. taking on our nature, even to the point of death. Um, yeah, so the big served the small. And in turn, and this is a beautiful irony of it, right, um, is, is that, as you said, it's not, God's not against big because the gospel it explodes when we yes. follow this model right so yep. he does want he, yeah, yeah in the end it is a big dream it's bigger than any of us but it's as yes. you said it's, it's 
and it's ambition, but it's like, what are we ambitious about and how are we going about this? Right. And I think part of this is that we need to see that we're part of something much, much bigger than ourselves. Yeah. It's not just, it's not just me. I'm not the one who's going to save the world. Um, I don't need to be the one that has the big platform that gets to everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, because ultimately, you know, I'm not the main character. And I have, I put that in the book about, you know, how do we see ourselves? Do we see ourselves right. as the main character? That right. this is my story. I'm writing it. I'm the writer. I get to decide how things go. And actually, that's extremely frustrating because life doesn't go to plan. So, Hardly uh, just, yeah, it just doesn't. So, um, it doesn't work for one. But it's also not the way we're made. We we need to recognize that God made us as characters, and actually. We're part of a much, much bigger story of God redeeming his people. And it's a much more significant, much more beautiful story than we can ever write for ourselves. There is nothing in the world that we could do for ourselves uh, that would be as significant and meaningful as any role that God gives us in his story. It doesn't matter if anybody anybody else recognizes our role as significant or meaningful. If we are faithfully following God in the place where he made us to be in his story, then our lives have an eternal significance that is greater than anything that we could do for ourselves. Yeah, agreed, agreed. And, you know, when when you put it like that, it's just so cogent and it makes so much sense. And, you know, and again, I think most of us people, well, yeah, yeah, of course. Yes, let's do it. And, you know, and we even love those stories of, you know, the cup of cold water. Yeah. And we resonate with that. But then I think there's a part of us. I, can, I guess I can't speak for everyone. So I'll speak for myself. Um, and if you're tracking, then so be it. But there's a there's a part that's like, oh, isn't that sweet? Now let's get back to real life. You know what I mean? And and it's like, how do we how do we flip that? You know, how do we get to that place where you got that night at youth group where you're like, okay, this is I can continue to try to strive to be someone, or I can look at the people around me who are like me. Well, yeah. this is where it this is where it really shines because this is why um this is so so freeing so if we are actually loved by god uh and if we have a place in his in his plan and it's not about me creating my own significance and meaning mm-hmm. and all the rest then actually all of a sudden i am completely free and everything i do and every ordinary thing around me is significant mm-hmm. so instead of having to wait and work to try to get to some point where I could achieve significance and I can achieve meaning by doing something that is people will value or whatever it is, or remember for a little bit longer than my life or whatever it is. I don't have to wait for that because right in front of me, there are a billion things that are full of eternal significance. because every person I interact with is eternal and is loved by God. Um, and then even, even the regular kind of daily kind of stuff that we do, mm. uh, even the sink full of dishes and the laundry and all the rest, um, you know, we can actually see all of that as part of this role that God has made for us in mm-hmm. in his story because mm-hmm. and, and as a, a reflection of God's love as well because 
Uh, you look at how does God love his people? Well, he talks about being our shepherd, you know, like what do shepherds do? Probably, you know, mostly kind of monotonous kind of caring uh, mm -hmm. for for mm -hmm. sheep it's not it's not anything super like big and exciting it's like daily caring yeah there's no paparazzi out in the field some yeah, of it's messy right. and, and dirty mm -hmm. and whatever um okay but we can reflect that kind of care that god has for us in the way that we approach our just really ordinary kind of tasks even mm -hmm. yeah so god uh, cares for the the birds in the air you know he feeds them he says uh, well, we can we can care for the people in our lives in the ordinary daily provisions that that God gives us our daily bread. We can give bread um, to others. You know, the, everything we do, all of a sudden, we are able to do it as part of the role this this role that God has given us in His kingdom as a reflection of who He is, our love for Him, and our love for others yeah so yep. this is this is like how does it connect with real life it connects with every part of real life every part of my ordinary work my ordinary chores my the ordinary same old people that i'm with all the time uh, this is this changes my perspective on all of that and all of a sudden all of it has huge meaning it's not just a tool that I can use to somehow achieve some mm. bigger dream later. Yeah, like a means to an end. Yeah. 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 It is the end. Right. It is yeah. the, yes. the thing that God has given me. And I can lean into that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what you're talking about is it's a shift in perspective. Um, yeah. It's not, like you said, it's not a tool that you use, not, a, not another method that, okay, to live your best life. It, it is your life, you know, um, yeah. you're, you're, I think you're a little younger than me. So I would, and plus you're not in America, but there was an old TV show, like really sort of obscure, unless you like seventies TV show, but it was called one day at a time. Right. And the theme song was, this is it. This is life. The one you get to go and have a ball. And I've actually literally been thinking of that lately because there is deep truth in those seventies TV theme lyrics. Like this is it. This is your life. It's not out there somewhere, right? It's it's in the field with the sheep, if that's where you find yourself, or it's in your yeah. kitchen with the dishes, or it's in the grocery store with the cashier, or it's in your car with the person who just cut you off, or it's talking to your kids on the, you know, whatever, going taking them to soccer games or whatever it is we find ourselves doing, whoever we find ourselves with. Yeah. This is it. And it's all, as you say, it's all significant because the people are all eternal. Yes. That's it. That's it. That's it. Simple, yeah, right? So yeah. That's better. That's better than you can have all the big things and and waste your life in insignificance with all the big stuff. Or you can actually live for God's kingdom and build something eternal that nobody else right now even notices, hmm. but God does. God does, he does indeed. And we don't have to wait for it. We don't even have to chase after it. We could just open our eyes to what he's published yes, for us. Right there, it's right in front of you. And I think that's one of the amazing things about this is that all of a sudden, like, yeah, I don't, I don't need to wait for my life to change. Uh, I can go ahead and do the most important things in the universe 
are right in front of me. Right now. Yeah. Like even this conversation that we're having right now. So this is so encouraging to me. So, so, all right, I have, I think I have one more question. We'll see if it's just one more, but um, so I want to ask you something because you are in Ireland and I'm here in the States. Is this just an American thing? Are you seeing this? Do you see this where you are or what do you oh, absolutely. No, not, not just an American thing. It's, 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 um, it, I think it's a people thing. Ultimately, mm -hmm. it comes out in different ways and different times and different cultures. There's different priorities, um, but we love to divide ourselves up and measure who's great and who's not and who's valuable and what's not. Um, and we we do it in all kinds of different terrible ways uh, that are very destructive, actually. Um, that is not an American thing. There are particular American ways, I suppose, that it comes out. Um, but it's a human thing. It's a sin thing, ultimately. Right. Well, because that's the thing we all have in common, right? Wherever yes. we are, yeah. that's we find we find that we're human, and we have this sin problem, and we also have this uh, this other the the before before all of that came, God made us for glory, right? And that's yeah. that's the whole point. You you used a word a minute ago. It's one of my favorite words. It's freedom. Right? He came to yeah. set us free from those things that beset us, that get in the way of the reason that he made us to begin with. Yeah, yeah, and him. and it is so freeing because all of a sudden, I don't have to prove myself. I don't have to wait for significance. I have all of that and so much more. Um, I have the riches. I have the wealth of everything that of of Christ Himself. You know, and all the inheritance that I have in Him. That's more than I can even understand. And I can live my life out of the abundance of all that he has given me, of my identity in him. Don't have to earn it. Don't have to prove it. I can live generously because I have. I already have more than I could ever even imagine. Yeah. Christ in you, right? The hope of glory. Yeah. yeah I think that is, that is more than enough. So, okay. So you've been saying this all along. So maybe just by way of wrapping this up, I'm thinking of the person like me and I, you know, wherever we're coming from to some degree or another, someone out there is listening right now and, and they're tracking and they're struggling and, um, and maybe, you know, there's some detail we didn't cover, but what, what would you say to, to the person right now that's just really wanting to embrace this, but is coming up with a lot of reasons. Yeah, but I don't think I can do it. Um, well, I would say ultimately, you know, get, get into God's word, soak in what he says about um, himself, what he says about us, who we are, who we can be in Christ, how he sees us, how he sees others, what he sees is valuable. It's all there. This is not something I've made up. It's not something you have to read my book to discover. It's in the Bible. Um, and and it's so liberating and so freeing and it's so invigorating i suppose it gives us the strength to actually go hard to go strong into the dreams that really matter um and to know that it doesn't matter what anybody says or thinks or or how other people measure our success or any of that um that we can live for for what is really precious and valuable in the eyes of God. Great advice. Great advice. Well, Seth, thank you so much. Um, 
you have a website, I know, and and let's tell them how to find you there and also how to find this book. Okay. Yeah, my website is my name, Seth Lewis, dot IE, because it's Ireland. So that's dot IE. Um, yeah, so Seth Lewis dot IE. And then um, the book is available most places, Christian bookstores. It's also, it's on Amazon. The audiobook is there as well. Kindle, all that kind of thing. So yeah, and most, most places have it for sale. Okay. So it shouldn't be too hard to find. All right. Well, yes. And I'm so glad it found its way to me. And yeah, I'm, I'm just so excited about this message. Thank you so much for joining us today and God bless you and happy, happy holidays, Merry Christmas and happy new year to you. Uh, and to you as well. Thank you so much. So you'll notice the happy holidays thrown in there at the end. Uh, that's because we recorded this prior to the whole holiday season. But I think you'll agree that this was the perfect way to start a brand new year. Taking the pressure of the whole world off our shoulders and getting a little smaller. And then maybe seeing what big things that only God can do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you will love this book. Go find it. Seriously. And I think you will also love some of the other great people who have visited us here on the aisle. So please feel free to subscribe to this here podcast and check out isleofmisfits.com. That's I-S-L-E of Misfits. Dot com where you'll find our podcasts, blogs, and oh, lots more misfit fun and more to come. So until next time, my misfit friends, keep owning your beautiful awkward, keep loving your beautiful fellow misfits, and keep searching for beauty and truth because it is everywhere. <laughs>